Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, FCA reports crypto scams on a rise. Crypto fraudster receives jail time. And the Financial Action Tax Force might be implementing new guidance on DeFi. We tell you about that today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thursday, September 16th, 2021. I just want to get into those crypto prices. Let's do it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11.20 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin sitting at $47,680, down about a percent in 24. Ethereum, $3,585, up 2.6%. Cardano, 244, down 4.3. Binance Coin, down 2.6 at 424. And Tether in the number 5 spot. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Solana, Polkadot, Dogecoin, and USDC. Total market cap, we're at $2.15 trillion. A BTC dominance of 41.5% and an F dominance moving up to 19.4. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. And our Coin of the Day is, I can't pronounce some of these things, Izos, Iaz, Aiaz, Iz. And after coming back from YouTube and trying to figure out how to say this, it is Ios, Ios Network. The ticker is AIOZ. It's ranked number 612 on CoinMarketCap. And it's trading at 34.24 cents, up 3.5% in 24. Market cap's at $37.9 million. Fully diluted market cap is $342.3 million. And it's about 11% in circulation. Where can you buy this? KuCoin, Gate.io, PancakeSwap, Uniswap, Indodex. Looks as though they all have pretty much liquidity and pretty good volume. If you're a monster whale, uh, you, and you're trading more than $200,000. You don't have enough liquidity, but uh, they are trading around $200,000 in volume. Actually, you would totally crush the market if you had that much IOs. But IOs is actually kind of cool. It is a YouTube competitor, but decentralized on the blockchain and where you can earn uh, IOs by watching ads. Now, this isn't a new idea. I think Bolt Network does something similar, and there's probably other companies out there that does something similar, but this is actually pretty cool. So I'm looking at their website, ios.tube, ios.tube, A-I-O-Z.tube, and it looks pretty much like uh, YouTube for the most part. And uh, you can watch videos. It's pretty snappy. There's no kind of lag that you would expect because it's blockchain or decentralized or whatever. I've watched already a couple videos, and I, I watched like a trailer for an Indian film or something. It was hilarious. I had no clue what was going on in that. Um, but yeah, all the videos on this, I guess, YouTube competitor is four views, one view, ten views, uh, a couple dozen views. Besides BitBoy, uh, which he has around 6,000 views and subscribers on this. And it's, you know, but that's the only one that actually got some real big traction. Or if there's like re reposts of 
viral videos from YouTube, they might come up here and get a couple hundred. So nobody's really watching this. When you watch, like I said, the ads, you get IOs, uh, you get rewarded in that. I watched a couple ads and apparently I have 0.003 IOs now for watching an ad. Yay. What is that? A fraction of a penny? A hundredth of a penny? Not really worth it to me to watch the ad. Let me skip through that, please. But I'm happy that they're doing that. Well, anyway, that's IOs. It looks like a YouTube competitor, decentralized, not much traction, uh, but there it is. That's our coin of the day, number 612. And for our conversation today, I'm answering some questions for a listener. And our listener, Luke, sent in a very, well, robust email. <laughs> asking very good questions about the Financial Action Task Force and how they'll be implementing guidance in October. What does it all mean? Well, you'll hear the questions. You'll hear the full email in one second. But I want to say thank you for writing in. And if you would like to write in and ask questions, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co, I will try my best to either answer myself or find professionals to answer them. Uh, there are emails that I haven't got back to because the professionals that I wanted to ask haven't got back to me. They are still in my queue. And I'm really sorry about that, but there are still evergreen content. Some of them are about taxation, uh, some of them are about other things uh, in the crypto space, but they are still on my list, and I try not to forget listener emails. But here's the reply to Luke's. Joseph Weinberg, co-founder of Shift. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good to be here. Hey, no worries. It's been a while, but uh, Luke Patterson, a listener, sent us a question after listening to the show we had together, and he asked a couple questions here, and I said, look, I could try to field this myself and you know, probably get a couple hit or misses here when it comes to answering these, and I said, or I could just you know, reach out to you, and, and you can answer these directly. Let me read this email to you first. I said, dear Matthew, I'm going to say, and Joseph, first of all, I want to say thank you for creating such a brilliant and informative show. Thank you, Luke. I guess you have on our brilliant. Now it's your turn to say thank you, Luke. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and the new core of the day segment is a brilliant idea. I came across a report stating that the Financial Action Task Force will be implementing a guidance in October that could have serious consequences for the whole crypto community, with particular implications for the DeFi sector and stable coins. I have several questions I'd like to pose. Number one, and this is now to you to answer these. Are you able to explain in layman terms what exactly the rules are? How significant are they? Yeah, so uh, this is like a, a run a, a run on effectively from a few years of what we call guidance from the FATF. So uh, the FATF writes policy. It then gives guidance towards regulators. It's a consortium of regulators. They all try to standardize regulations through policy. Um, so effectively, uh, the exchanges have been going through this for the last few years. The requirements on centralized intermediaries, exchanges, Coinbase, Binance, etc., is effectively to enable. Uh, SWIFT, the ability to move identity information on every transaction, deposit and withdrawal across each other. They're trying to basically move KYC data. Um, as it pertains to what's coming in October, there was guidance that was released in March that basically highlighted new updates to the exchange side, but most importantly highlighted a new introduction of effectively KYC related uh, requirements to DeFi, uh, DAOs, potentially non-custodial wallets, um, and of course, things like stable coins or what they call so-called stable coins is how they put it. Um, so it's, it's to be seen in October what happens. The implications are that they basically try to argue that decentralized exchanges, lending protocols and DeFi um, may not be as decentralized uh, as we argue that they are. 
and therefore they're subject to regulatory requirements. Love it. Next question from Luke is, what are the short-term implications for the crypto market in terms of price, bearing in mind that we are in a bull run? It's a good question. Um, I think it's pretty hard to, to, to tell, right? Like when you're in you know, absolute mania, bull run, sometimes these things get shrugged off by the markets. You know, I think it really depends. After so many regulatory you know, uh, attacks on the space, mm-hmm. you know, the FUD just kind of washes off. But um, I do think there could be short-term impact depending on how aggressive the position is in October. Um, but I think that largely it's not going to, you know, we're not going to end the bull market uh, from this alone. So. What are the long-term implications for the crypto community? Could this be the end of the retail investors in crypto? I don't think it's the re- end of retail. I think it's uh, it's marking a transition point. Like the wild, wild west is what we've come to know and, and, and kind of, you know, love in many ways. I think what this is saying is, you know, there needs to be some, some frameworks or rules, um, potentially, uh, how that works is to be seen. Uh, they also have to measure effectiveness. So just because they make guidance, they have to make sure it makes sense. And so I think for the next, you know, couple of years, it'll be this back and forth between us and industry and regulators trying to figure out how whatever the guidance they put out actually works in practice. Number four, by the way, these are great questions, Luke. Um, yeah. Number four is which cryptocurrency product do you think is the most vulnerable? Yeah, I think that like particularly this becomes an issue for like dApps or dApp related projects. So lending protocols, DEXs, those are the biggest, you know, question marks and other DeFi related protocols specifically because they enable two different counterparties to effectively trade without any visibility into whether or not those are funds related in money laundering, right? Like I can basically go and, and move funds across a DEX and I can be, you know, I can be, you know, uh, using those proceeds for crime. And so that's where the issue comes in. It looks kind of like a mixer. Um, and that's where I think they're worried that they can't figure out who that is. So I'd say that those have the biggest threat points. Um, uh, but I think there's probably others as well. Like NFTs are actually a part of guidance as well now that says if you're selling NFTs, you know, you uh, are subject to KYC requirements as well. So mm. there's many different areas across the space. Then uh, naturally, the next question would be which cryptocurrency projects could do well out of this? I think that there's a few different approaches to that. I think like we've tried to approach it as infrastructure that can help solve some of the problems. So I think that like the next wave we'll see is a lot of like regulatory related infrastructure, you know, smart contracts that can start to resolve some of these compliance risks. Uh, It's kind of like give tools to people in a gold rush as they're, you know, panning for gold. So I think that those types of projects can do really well. I think you'll see more permissioned pools start to come out and semi-permissioned that probably, you know, accelerate institutional adoption. Regulation is not great for openness, but it's very good for institutional acceleration, right? So um, I think that, you know, as you start to see that transition, that's where uh, new things start to come uh, that, that actually become widely applicable. Excellent. Excellent. And the last question he has, why is it that this has not yet received much traction within the crypto space? And maybe you could tell us what this is, because I'm actually kind of confused of what he's referring to here. (laughs) I think what he's probably referring to is like the overall FATF and global regulations. That's what I was thinking. Okay, cool. Yeah, like... And I think like we've been yelling about this for quite a long time. You know, we're like the only ones screaming in a room. I think the reality is like a lot of our ecosystem is uh, generally fairly young. And I think the things that we're focused on predominantly up until now have been about decentralization, privacy, pseudo anonymity. You know, it's kind of like a pushback against the, uh, you know, the real world. Um, But now we're seeing this global adoption occur 
and uh, the most mature people in the room, I think, are very aware of it. We're kind of also pretending like it doesn't exist. And now as it's coming front and center, we're kind of being reactive instead of proactive. Um, so I think it's just a time and an age thing as things start to mature and accelerate. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for answering those questions. But you know what? I, one thing I didn't really do at the beginning of this is ask everybody, why the hell are you answering these questions? So could you give me a, <laughs> it's like, hey, here's this dude. Uh, maybe they didn't really listen to the show that you were on a couple weeks ago. And uh, they're like, yep. why, why, why'd you invite this guy? So why are we asking you this? Yeah, so I've been a very early adopter in, in crypto. I was an early Bitcoiner, uh, Bitcoin miner, late 2010-11, built several exchanges in the space, spent the last four and a half years working with governments uh, and intergovernmental organizations like the FATF and working on a project called the Shift Network as a way to actually build an opt-in compliance primitives to solve these types of issues for DEXs, DeFi, any applications and centralized exchanges. Uh, so we've been kind of been the, the invisible hand behind the, the, the scenes working with regulators to try to make sure they don't kill crypto uh, and making sure that we have infrastructure to support these issues. So that's a damn good reason. Thank you for, for answering that. So <laughs> listeners, I, I'm not just willy-nilly picking somebody off the street to answer these questions for you. Uh, this, this person knows exactly what's going on in the space works very, very, very closely with these issues. And I want to say, uh, Joe, thank you very much for coming on and answering those questions for Luke. Really appreciate it, Matt. And hope you learned something, Luke. <laughs> I, well, I didn't know I did. Thank you, sir. And really quick, moving into some headlines. The UK's FCA, or the Financial Conduct Authority, yesterday released data that shows a 222% increase in inquiries about scams relating to cryptocurrencies between the months of April 2020 and March of 2021. In April 2020, they received a total of 176 inquiries relating to possible cryptocurrency scams. By March of 2021, that number has increased to 566. The FCA says maybe it's because of the characteristics of the investors. They said younger people are twice as likely to have invested in high-risk investments than adults. For example, 44% of cryptocurrencies and 31% of crowdfunding investments are held by people under 34. So I guess they're saying with age comes wisdom. But is that really the case? Because after searching the FCA website, because I was just like, eh, are you just fighting cryptocurrency here? Well, 78 million pounds were stolen in clone firm investment scams. Uh, so is that targeting educated investors? Because that was up 29% in April of 2020. And investment frauds, just traditional investment frauds, had 11,360 victims. And they said that people over 65 were 3.5 times more likely to fall victim of scams than other people, especially if those older people over 65 had bank accounts exceeding 10,000 pounds. They were just targets. So <laughs> it seems like the FCA is saying anything from 34 until 65 <laughs> is your sweet spot of investing. Uh, if you're younger, don't. If you're older, be careful because we're going to scam you. Anyway, there's a lot of scams going out there in traditional finance and crypto finance. And people are going to try to get your money regardless. So please be careful. New music marketplace is dropping on Solana. It's called solomusic.io. We are music's global marketplace, it says. There's not much on the website so far, but it looks like they signed Grammy-nominated art artist Eric Paisley. I should know who that is, I guess. And there, here's, here's what it says. Artists, you can connect with your fans and community through creative NFT drops. That's cool. Industry, utilize smart contracts and NFTs to expand your revenue streams. And audience and fans, increase your clouds. 
and collect digital assets. <laughs> Interesting. I'm actually interested to see how this works. NFT drops with new music. Are they going to get exclusive rights to the music or get the music early? What are the NFTs? How is it going to work? Uh, well, anyway, solomusic.io. Speaking of scams, Stefan He Chin. He's a 24-year-old Australian national and has been sentenced to 90 months or seven years in prison and a penalty of about $55 million for defrauding over 100 people out of, well, wait for this, $114 million. Wow, so about a million bucks a piece? That's a hell of a lot of money. Well, anyway, this is the story. Chin started a hedge fund in his first year of college called Virgil Sigma Fund LTD back in 2017. The fund promised investors 500% returns through an algorithm Qin called Tenjin, which claimed to exploit arbitrage opportunities. In one year, Virgil netted around $23 million at assets under management. Uh, by 2020, that number increased to about $90 million. And long story short, is with uh, you know millions and millions and millions of dollars under management, uh, he managed to buy a penthouse and other illiquid investments and uh, you know probably just balling out. I think that's the official term balling out in New York City in a penthouse and well he got seven years you know what he could have got 20 years in jail but because he complied because he turned himself in because he was being you know very cooperative he got seven and finally CZ Zhao he admitted that the crypto exchange needs to be centralized in order to satisfy regulators around the world basically you need a headquarters CZ you need to have a place where you're conducting business you just can't be popping and bopping around CZ you have to have a New York based company or I don't know even know Omaha I don't we, they don't care just make yourself at HQ and how do we know this because CZ said this in an interview today with the South China Morning Post he said we have come to realize that we need a centralized entity to work well with regulators well CZ has not confirmed where the exchanges HQ will be located or when it will be established but he has come to realize that it's very necessary I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to be set up. I'm going to assume that he's going to have an HQ in every country where he needs to have regulations. The US HQ, the UK HQ, and so on and so forth. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>